Hi, I'm your host, Thomas, data scientist, data engineer, and you're listening Let's Talk AI. On this podcast, we receive experts to talk about their experience, visions, challenges, with no fear to go into technical details. If you're looking to learn more about AI and related subjects, you're at the right place to so make yourself comfortable and enjoy. If you like this episode, please give us a review on your favorite streaming platform, such as Spotify or Apple Podcast. You can also find more content on my LinkedIn newsletter. Welcome everyone, super happy to be on Let's Talk AI. Today I am with Andrea Barranque. Andrea, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Hola, hola, hola. from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, based in Madrid. And um, so I'm very good, it's pretty early um, here um, in Mexico. So thanks for taking the time and being here so early. And welcome back everyone on this uh, crazy episode. I have so many things to ask to Andrea, but um, Andrea, first of all, could you introduce yourself in a few sentences for the people who are listening? Okay, so um, that's that's. I think when people ask me that that question, I think that's the very like that's a very very hard question. Like defining yourself and introducing yourself, like you you don't know where to start. But uh, so my name is Andrea Barenke. I'm a data intelligence consultant. I'm an expert in data policy in the public sector. I'm Mexican. Um, and right now, I just founded a consulting agency called Datamorphosis. Um, I think we will talk about that in a little bit um, in, in this podcast. And I think that's it. I mean, it's very, very general um, introduction about myself. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but uh, we'll make sure to, to know you better through the episode. Uh, I have a second question that will uh, allow us to, to know you better. Um, uh, the, second, the second question is, could you, what are you trying to achieve? So you, you spoke about data morphosis. So you've had, um, you've had um, you have an interesting career that will come back on, on, on specific moments right now so that people can... Uh, picture better how you came up um, with uh, your uh, actual company, Datamorphosis. But uh, can you just briefly um, share what are you trying to achieve today? Okay, yeah. So um, I work in, in, in government for around 10 years, I think, maybe over eight years. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was always... I, I always worked in in tech related uh, offices, and the first the first thing that I did when I was in university, I was very into program evaluation. That was like a thing of um, back there, like in two thousand and ten, and that's that's the topic that I made my my thesis about actually. Uh, so I wanted to know more about how can governments evaluate programs and how they can make better decision through uh, assessment and all of that. Mm -hmm. So since I started working in government, I, I wanted to do things better or I wanted to understand how can government do can do things better. Mm -hmm. So um, I find, found out like I was I was I was always involved in projects that that was taking data as as the source of any answer, you know, like, OK, yeah. If we want to do better, then what do we do first? Like you look at the data, 
you look at program evaluations, you look at how um, a government is spending the money. So right now, I think that I, like throughout all my years in, in government, I detected that, that governments can do things differently. Um, and, and, and right now, like I want to build a, a very good case for, for this agency and, and try to, con not convincing, but like showing the way to governments that, you, hey, you can actually do things differently with data and you can actually use data as, as, a, as a main resource to take in better decisions and, and something that will benefit you, well, will benefit people, will benefit citizenship, uh, but will benefit you as uh, an institution and your processes. So right now I'm trying to focus on what are those small things that I can teach to governments and, and that small decisions. And, you know, like, um, not, I'm not trying to change everything. I'm just trying to find little pieces that we can put together to make a real change within governments with data. Hmm. That sounds super interesting. And you have quite a lot of experience working with governments. We'll get back uh, to it right now. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for this introduction and, and for being on the show. Um, thank you. Would it be too much to ask if you can like shortly drive us to like through your career, like how you, you moved yourself and how you came up by building your company today? Uh, yes, yes. So, okay. Um, First, first thing I did is I was very interested in program evaluation, as I mentioned. Um, so I started working um, in the Ministry of Finance here in Mexico, in federal government. And that was, that was very fun because this is something, this is something that, that usually happens to me. And, and this is the moment that I just realized that. <laughs> so when I started in government, this, this, there was this new area, which was like, um, I'm thinking in Spanish. It was like, uh, um, I can say it in Spanish. Yeah. Per performance evaluation unit. That okay. that's the name of the, of the unit. And this was think about, this was think as this intelligence area that, uh, gathered up, gather all the information of the evaluations of the federal government programs, you know, mm -hmm. like um, starting methodologies around how to use that information of the, of the assessments and how to um, make like an informed resource allocations for the programs for the next year, you know, like um, evidence-based um, budgets and all of that. And it was very, very new. So I was part of that, of that team at, at first, and I was starting to work with data and to budget data, which is not very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, it was, um, it was um, starting this, this movement in, around the world, the, the Open Government Partnership, and you were hearing about, you, you started to hear about open data and open government and, and civic innovation and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so yeah, after, after that, I, I moved to a local government to start a new office about open government. So okay. it was like the first office, the first office in a local level 
which uh, was responsible for implementing open government policies in, in Mexico. Um, and then uh, we, have, uh, we have elections in Mexico and the government changed. And uh, it, was, it was, I think, 2014, 2015, and Mexico had its first national digital strategy office. So I was invited to to be part of this new office again <laughs> so and they called me because they wanted to they wanted to um train and assess local governments on how to start publishing data and and opening data and and, and working with data in general mm -hmm. working yeah. with open 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 government data so i i went back to the federal government to the office of the president in this team of the national digital strategy. Um, over there, I was first in charge of, of this initiative with, with local governments. We, we trained them. We uh, used to, you know, part of my job was to look at best experiences, like in other countries, in other, in other local governments, and mm -hmm. try to um, uh, acercar. It, I, I forgot the word, like put all the resources uh, for local governments here in Mexico. It's like, hey, look at what, uh, I don't know, Madrid is doing with data. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of open data portals over there in Latin America and, you know, gather best experiences to 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 work with data here in Mexico at, at the local level. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so th those were very interesting years. Then I, I was part of, I was responsible of the national data, open data policy here hmm. in Mexico, uh, working with um, obviously other, other government organizations, but also working with tech companies like Google, Twitter, and, and uh, well, Facebook at that time, but Facebook, Twitter, Google, um, and how to use these technologies and open data to solve problems or public yeah. problems. Mm -hmm. So wow. then, then I do. Then I took a couple of years to do my masters. I do it in in policy management with a focus on on big data and and technology and artificial intelligence. And and that's funny because I was very very interested in artificial intelligence. Like when I, when I was working at the at the office of the president. I was convinced that that was the next step, like because every, everyone were, was was talking about artificial intelligence, and actually in Mexico that at that time we will start we started to do like a national diagnosis for like yeah. you know like an AI readiness assessment mm -hmm. for Mexico, and because we were planning to have like a national artificial intelligence strategy. So I started my master's thinking about that, that I wanted to learn more about AI and, and because governments will start to, to implement AI solutions in, um, in their, like within, within institutions, yeah. et cetera. So um, then when I finished my master's, I wanted to change a little bit and try the private sector and, okay. and I wanted to work in a tech company, in a technology company. So I, um, I started working at Twitter. I, I found an internship. It's, it, it, is, it was not an internship. They call it a fellow. You are like a fellow 
for one year and, and at Twitter. And this is a big, big, big opportunity for for uh, just like graduated students to to start like working at this type of companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was part of the of the public policy and philanthropy team at Twitter in the Washington D.C. Uh, office uh, mm-hmm. for a year, um, and then the pandemic started. <laughs> Uh, and it was very interesting. We can talk about a little, we can talk more about it, the, my period at Twitter, but then I moved back to Mexico because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and I started working at OP analytics, which is, which was because it doesn't exist anymore. You know, this, this company was, um, um, so Kavak, you know, Kavak, this, I'm, um, I'm not sure. No, what is Kavak. It, Kavak is it's a company that um, buys and sells cars. Okay. I, I think I'm, I'm actually it's it's Mexican. I think yeah. So they think they they buy this this company that I work for to be their like data analytics experts within within this this big company. Okay. Okay. So OP Analytics was dedicated to build AI solutions for basically for the private sector. But um, some governments um, look at us for for developing AI solutions as well. So I I was kind of in charge of those projects related to government and and implementing like AI solutions for government. And then I took the decisions to 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 create Datamorphosis, which which is my my consulting agency. So. Uh, yeah, that's been my 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 road so far. <laughs> that's been my wow. my experience. Well, thanks thanks a lot for for sharing um, for this uh, throwback uh, through your entire career. And I'm pretty sure there are so many points that uh, right now my mind is exploding with questions. Um, <laughs> so let's try to make order in my mind and to ask you. Um, the but best you want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is a big decision. Uh, no, so well, first of all, thanks uh, for sharing. Uh, this is a very interesting uh, profile, and uh, uh, I'm very curious about like how you how you could compare governments and uh, working in a tech company like Twitter. And uh, those are those, those seems to be very two very different environments to work and different ways to work. So. I will definitely get back on that. I think that my first question will be oriented more to um, the present. Um, I think I would like to ask you as a data intelligence consultant, um, well, let's start with the government first. Um, As a data intelligence consultant, uh, you have a lot of experience working with governments, right? Um, So what kind of impact you have seen uh, data and AI have on public innovation? Okay, so um, first of all, <laughs> what is data intelligence? I mean, um, I don't know if you have heard that that concept before. Uh, data intelligence, I would mm-hmm. love to hear it again. <laughs> okay, so it's very new, and 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 I mean, I've heard I've heard that a, a couple of times, but for me, like for me personally. I think data intelligence refers to being very aware about the resources you have. Like, okay. you know, nowadays when you hear about intelligence, 
you will automatically think about artificial intelligence. You know, like yeah. when when governments uh, or when you when you hear about, hey, yeah, we're doing this intelligent thing, blah blah. blah. Uh, you say, oh, okay, they're using algorithms and, and technology. It's very, very tech-related. Uh, but for me, it's like, okay, when a gov governments have to be very aware about the resources they have, like the human resources, the financial resources, the organization, organizational resources, their infrastructure, their policies. And once you are, once you know what you have, like you, the pieces you have for 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 playing a game, uh, then you'll take uh, an intelligent decision about that. So data intelligence for me is not very related to technology. Um, even if you take into account that governments have technology and use technology and, and promote the use of technology, but more related to um, having a good uh, idea about what you can do with, with what you have. Like that's mm -hmm. intelligence, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I have this piece of data, then I can do this. And I have, if I have this type of technology, then I can do this. Um, because governments usually are, are worried uh, that they don't have like the latest or the top-notch technology or they don't, they don't have like the enough resources or public resources or financial resources. Mm -hmm. And it's like, don't worry. I mean, you can do a lot of things with, what with what with what you have right now like the data mm -hmm. you generate right now you can take i'm sure you can take a better decision and with the technology you have right now i'm sure you can do uh, very innovative things so data intelligence for me is that mm. um so yeah that's interesting right <laughs> <laughs> it is um so yeah working with governments i mean governments they always try to do better like this is this is something that we need to 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 remind remind ourselves um, always because you know we we hear a lot of corruption things about government and we hear a lot of bad things about people working in government, but actually governments are always trying to do something good. I mean, they are they were born to do something good uh, for people, um, and and data and and data and technology and, and AI um, are just another resource that governments have to, I mean, they, they just another resource for governments uh, to use for, for make better, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So um, this is not new. I mean, governments have been generated data since always, since, 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 yeah, since a lot of years ago. Uh, so this is this is just another resource, and this is just another form to take advantage advantage of that resource that that governments doesn't have to to buy them. Like they generate data all of the time, and they have lots and tons of data to to work with, um, and and new technologies that are. Um, so technologies were very far from government, maybe a couple of years ago, but. Governments are, are very technologies. Technologies are more accessible to governments now, um, and it, they are not so expensive as, as they used to be uh, years mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. So, so um, I don't know. Like 
the impact that data data have in governments it's it's very easy to see it's it's hmm. just as simple as it's just as simple as as you can use data to take a decision that that's the the more basic and simple example wi within government like hmm. if 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 an office i i don't know if if you want to start a new health policy you just need to think about data or or about a problem you know like yeah. for 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 defining a problem you need to look at data so governments have governments have been working with data since since all of times like they know how to do that they just i think they just need to be more analytical about that not just thinking about hey yeah i'm i'm going to use this technology um uh, or i'm going to use this data or i'm going to um um, I don't know, implement this uh, digital solution. But they need to start analyze how did that go? Did that go okay? Did I take the good decision with this data? Does this technology actually is working for me? You know, like actually evaluate how are they using the data and the technologies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered that question, but... Yeah, no, um, totally, it makes sense. <laughs> no, it makes sense. You give a great scope of... Um, how you go from data intelligence into understanding how mm. governments works? It have always been producing data, and and but the 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 tricky part is like what kind of technology are mm. they going to use, and like being more an analytical about it and explores this data in different ways, and and maybe sometimes this is the part that is missing from 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 what I understand. Maybe for for to make it a bit more concrete, and and, and for everyone who is listening to to maybe picture it better, would you have? some examples of projects that you have led uh, or where you implemented data analytics or data intelligence or AI where you've seen a real impact. Could you share some examples? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, what, so working with AI, it's, it's fun. And this is actually interesting for, for this podcast because um, every time I was uh, asked to work or to develop or to, you know, let an AI uh, solution for government, um, we ended up just doing some, um, I don't know, like statistics related project or, you know, like we didn't, we, we haven't, I or I personally haven't reached like the final step, like developing like a real AI solution. Why is that? Because um, usually, so I, I this you have a, like a lot of experts in AI in this post in this podcast, I'm sure, and and maybe you are more expert in AI than me. But for an AI solution, you need a lot of data. Like you need data, and you need like a good understanding of what you are trying to achieve or what are you trying to learn, and like a good algorithm, and you need a lot of things. Uh, but basically you need data and you need a lot of data to train like the, the solution. So every time I tried or I've tried before, like in the past, uh, doing an AI solution for government, we don't have the, the complete uh, story of, of the problem we are trying to solve. You know, we, we are missing pieces where mm. we are missing data. We don't have the enough data, like historical data, and or we we usually miss something for mm -hmm. for actually doing an AI solution, and this is very related to to data governance and what I do in data morphosis because it's like 
oh yeah, we need to understand this problem, but uh, this other office right there, they have um, that piece of data and, you know, like data is disseminated between a lot of offices in government and yeah. the offices within government doesn't talk to each other. And you need like a complicated, very bureaucratic process to ask for that data and and the data is in different formats. So it's, it's super complicated to have like all yeah. the data to actually train a, an algorithm for the public sector. So, uh, yeah, that's that's actually a reason that led me to to found that metamorphosis. Um, but I have a very good example of using data for a data intelligence project. Um, awesome. Back in yeah, back in two thousand, and I have several. I mean, I, I I have several, but but this actually this actually can I can say that changed my life because I was always talking and and talking like in workshops, I've been trainings about hey. Uh, open data is super beneficial for everyone and we should all open data and, and publish data in open formats and all of that. But this is like the best case that I've been, that I work with. Back in 2017, we had like a big, big earthquake in Mexico. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. um, I was part of the national digital strategy. I was working in, in Mexico City and an earthquake hit Mexico uh, that morning and it was very, very, um, uh, so it, it was a disaster. Like a lot of buildings went down, uh, communications were cut, a lot of people were, were trapped. Uh, and for my generation, it was the first time that we were witnessing something like that, like something that big, because, um, earthquakes are very common here in Mexico and, and in Mexico City it's like super common like but that that type of earthquake it was very 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 new for for a lot of people hmm. so when that happened uh, we we had a lot of data coming in from people throughout uh, social media so people were uh, tweeting and and publishing in Facebook. Hey, we have we have like a collapsed building here, or we need help over there, or hey, please come come to this street. We we need to rescue a couple of uh, some some people that are trapped, you know. And and it was like real time data that was coming into government asking for help. Um, and you know exactly like you 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 knew exactly where to go and where to send uh, people to rescue people and where do you need uh, to send uh, medicines and, you know, like uh, um, uh, materials for, 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 for helping people to, or, or medicines or on medical, medical equipment, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so you, you were, you were, or government at that point were able to take better decisions on how to address the emergency with data that was coming from people actually, like we're, mm. we're, we're using technology to ask uh, help from, for the government. And, and it was, it was a very good case because 20 or 30 years ago, that didn't exist. Like when we had the first earthquake in like the first big earthquake, it was uh, 1985. Uh, we didn't have internet. We didn't have social media. We, we didn't have a lot of things back then, mm -hmm. but we had it now. And, and it was like, oh, okay. So 
maybe next time we can see and we can start analyze data and we can predict which are like the more uh, like the zones with more risk to have like collapsed buildings and we we will be very or more prepared to 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 yeah to an earthquake or to a, yeah. an emergency like this so mm -hmm. And that was the that was the 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 point that I that I thought okay so you can actually save lives with data like you can actually mm. use this for a for a good for a good thing. Yeah, wow, that's uh, that's impressive. And so I understand that in that case, so people were sending information through internet or through or coming like uh, like trying True. to contact, and so like. Uh, in terms of like the solution that you developed, it was like, how do you manage all this data in real time entering? And like, how mm -hmm. do you, how do you attribute each, uh, each information resources basically, no? So, so can you share a bit more insight on how did it went? So, uh, we didn't have like enough, like much time. We, we, well, government had to, to, act very, very fast at that moment. Yeah. Uh, so the thing that we thought about, because no, because people were tweeting about that. So, okay. I, I mean, okay. there was there was no like official um, telephone number in which people call and, and report like a, um, like a collapse or, or, yeah. or, you know, no, people were using their own social media to tweet or to publish something. Um, for the emergency, it's like, hey, uh, there is a there is a building that has just collapsed in in this direction, and there was just tweets and tweets and tweets. So what we think about that is like, why not um, open like a collar collaborative like a Google Drive, you know, like a Google Sheet, uh, Google Sheets uh, document, uh, open for everyone, and so you can so you can go in in that file and and put your your i don't know like making a report in real time over there just like in a google sheets i mean you you we don't need any more right now we just need like a google sheets of like a list of 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 things that we need to do like a list of reports from people and everyone has access to it and we all have access to it and and actually something happened because because also i mean in, on one side, we were receiving a lot of data from people uh, reporting uh, things to, like reporting uh, missing people, reporting um, collapsed buildings or collapsed uh, houses and all of that. But on the other hand, we had a lot of misinformation as well. We have a lot of information that was not uh, real. So we started asking to people to actually validate that information. I mean, if I saw that someone has reported my building and I'm, I'm in my building right now and I'm seeing that my building, it's okay. It's like, hey, no, this is not true. I mean, that building has not collapsed. And it's okay. So mm -hmm. it's it started to be like a, a very participatory and, and in, like inclusive process or about um, reporting data and validating data and using data uh, mm. for 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 addressing the the emergency so yeah we just Google, we just used a google sheets uh file to to make a list of the of the things mm. that people were reporting 
That's super interesting. And that also made me sound, make, make me remember a lot about um, like building MVPs, like minimum valuable products. And mm -hmm. why that? Because it's a, uh, because it, it might seem like a very repetitive manual task, but in the end, it's the premise of uh, social media where people report problems and other people agree if this problem is real so that we deal with false information. And mm -hmm. then it can allow to take better and faster decisions. And this mm -hmm. is super interesting. And, and this describes perfectly, I feel, the data intelligence concepts that you were sharing before, which is how do I get all the data that I need and I know it's a good one to like start making good decisions and improve my improve my whatever metrics I want to improve or objective that I have. But so it's mm -hmm. very cool to see also that most of the time the sexy AI solution won't come until the process is pretty advanced. But we have to go through that stage of data intelligence, gathering data, testing the MVP, because in that case, if people weren't interacting with the Google Doc, it wouldn't uh, it would haven't um, wouldn't have allowed the government to take faster actions and, and, and better decisions. So so the term of testing and validating, which in this case uh, were, were efficient. So I feel like, yeah, it, I, I truly relate to, to this story. And yeah, it's, uh, it's very exactly. interesting to, and also I, I feel like nowadays it still works. Like you can just build a very manual task, but like try to test your project quickly, whether it's mm -hmm. uh, whatever solution you, you are building, but like this aspect of having something that can be really live fast and then mm -hmm. thinking about how technically or or how how we're going to to create a tool then this comes in second but first making sure that uh, we can test and validate whatever we're building so that people are really going to use it and uh, and uh, it relates also about what you said previously with governments where most of the time governments might think um that they need better technology or more data but if you don't start at some point you'll never start mm -hmm. and so you need exactly. to start gathering what you have to know what you don't have and what you should have and then grow from that so yeah super exactly. super uh, super exciting and super interesting and yeah still speaking or did you want to add something else to to to, to what i said yeah just 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 one thing that um you need to so governments need to um, learn how to take decisions with data, you know, because mm. technology and AI is not the, is not the goal. It's, it's just, uh, they are, they are tools. They, they, they are part of the process. Mm -hmm. So governments think about AI as the final step uh, or, you know, like working with lots of data as, as the main goal they're trying to achieve. But, but I mean, governments need to start um, or I don't know, need to have better skills on how to use or how to use small pieces of data or how to, how to use the technology they have like in hand to, to start like working with that very fast as, as the, the example that I just shared with you. Like you don't need to process a lot of data. You just, you just have it there. What, what do you... Or, or be innovative about about the the solutions to you you need to implement. It's it's just that. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Well, thanks thanks a lot for 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 sharing uh, uh, on this and um, 
And I, I totally agree. Like AI is really a tool and, and most of the time we need first to look at the value of what we're trying to do. And, and AI is, is not always the solution and it's, it should like be the last thing we consider because for example, if like there, there is a new business or I'm, I'm just building my, my brand and everything. I don't care about having predictive models. I just want to have like specific metrics that I can visualize every mm-hmm. every whatever time I want and and define like both growth metrics that I will be able to use to measure like the uh, short term, medium term, but also like specific measures that are different from those growth. I don't know if we're talking about a project, then my growth metric could be like the user's growings, but uh, some more specific metrics could be attributed to like each features, like in, in the case of uh, what you described, um, one measure, like the solution you described regarding like um, uh, where people needed help and people were approving. So so we could see as for one growth measure of the overall tool, let's say, is uh, the people who are interacting with the Google Sheets or the Google Docs and mm-hmm. another metrics um that could be interesting is um like how many people are posting and like the rate between true posts and false posts and yeah. the rate between and so like dividing these two types of metrics i feel is one very important thing and why am i taking the time to 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 speak about these metrics and it's because i feel like ai is really it comes really after like when you know everything about what you're studying and you know all the metrics and you have all the dashboards and you want to go a step further and mm-hmm. then you start doing AI. And AI, most of the time, like you said, it's it sounds sexy, but like a linear regression could be called AI. So so it's really, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really, yeah, it, it really comes to the, how much value am I going to add with the solution? And so I feel like even in careers, sometimes we want to implement sexy solutions, but the most efficient isn't doing AI at all. It's just like building a great dashboard, and uh, right. that's that's that might be enough. Um, yeah, we, we have we have uh, uh, we have something that we say we say here in Mexico. Here in Mexico, it's like don't don't shoot flies with a tank, you know, yeah. like don't use a tank to shoot at a fly. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that, I think that's the first thing that governments have to ask themselves. Like, uh, do I really, why do we need, or when do we need an AI solution and, and for what? Um, hmm. and, and for taking that decision, uh, governments have to be very aware of what, what the problem is. Like if they just need to, as, as you mentioned, if they just need to automate some process, then you can do a lot of things, but not AI. Uh, but if you are very aware of uh, the problem, like who who is affecting it, like, I mean, who's being affect, affected by the problem, yeah. mm-hmm. where they live, who they are, uh, you have all the data to, to, to like, um, constructing, like, an, an AI solution, then you, you will maybe decide to to use ai but first of all like even if you even if you if you reach out that that position is like okay yeah i'm ready for for implementing ai uh then it comes the next question which is related to ethics like is this good for people like mm. it's, it's, is this going to be good for 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 the people that are 
um, involved in this problem. So yeah. it's not just about having the data and having the algorithms and having the technology. Then we are we start facing the ethics hmm. thing. Well, right? that's a perfect transition. Let's say let's <laughs> say this is my next question. Then, like regarding ethics and responsible solutions, like responsible right. technology, right. ethic ethic technology. How do you like how do you found limitations for AI or for the technology in public institutions and in the private sector? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so the limitations are are actually so when when you work in government, you are, you learn that the legal is like the basis, you know, like you can start working from like the legal framework is the first thing that you need to to look at. It's like if you can do that or if you can do this, uh, mm. and it's very easy. It's a very easy decision because it's it's there. It's like there is a law or there is a guideline or there is some regulation and just, you just need to read it and know what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but with AI and with um, the, the limitations regarding AI, you know, like bias or um, um, I don't know, um, common, com you, the lack of common sense or, or the lack of emotion when, when you deal with AI or, or mm -hmm. You know all, all all of the limitations that that AI could have. Um, you also need to think about about if this is good or not or not. I mean, I was I was hearing about um, I was hearing uh, a podcast related to to ethics, and and that's that's a very hard question, but it's also a very easy one. It's like mm -hmm. when you when you if you are the one that will take a decision about. Uh, implementing AI or not, or, or whatever decision, decision you need to, to take. Uh, it's not about reading a regulation or reading a law or, or you know, uh, or deciding what type of technology is more efficient than another, or it's just, it's very, it's a very internal and, and very personal question. It's like, is this good? Is this, re is this is really good for people? Um, so, I think you. I think there are a lot of tools over there. You know, like ethic frames frameworks from from uh, the international community or or ethics guidelines or a lot of a lot of things maybe that can help. And I'm sure they can help to gov They can help governments deciding to, or helping them decide to whether to use AI or not. Uh, but this is something that that like no one else will take a decision better than a person. Um, mm -hmm. So you you won't be able, or maybe we won't be able to de to determine if if something is ethical or not uh, by a process or by an automated process. Like, okay, I'm gonna put this algorithm, and and another algorithm will tell me if this is ethical or not. It's like, no, this is this is this is something that people still need to 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 think and to work with. Like, people still need to decide if AI is is suitable or not. Uh, for each case so um so ai still depends on people like still depends on human right now <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well that's um uh, makes total sense and speaking about people um speaking about people let's say you have you have a team whether you're working in the private sector or in the public sector um what kind of skills would you look for in people 
uh, that will create those technical teams or use those data oriented minds uh, that that will um, that will um, implement those kind of solutions, whether it's AR, whether it's uh, data intelligence. Like, what what are the skills that are important um, for people to be successful in this team and, and for make a high valuable teams? Um, so the first of all, I think it will be problem solving because uh, AI and, and the use of data and data intelligence is about that. It's about um, solving problems and, and answering questions. I've always said, I always say that, that data answers questions. If we, if we have any question, we can answer it with data. Like, even if what time is it? <laughs> You know, like what day is it? Uh, the answer is data. I mean, data help us um, answer questions, any type of question. So the first of all is problem solving. That that'll be that. Uh, people interested in in understanding complex problems because problems right now are are more complex than ever. Like society is very complex and economy is super complex right now. And, and all of that. So, so problems are, are getting more complex uh, every day. So I'm, I'm looking uh, for people um, that are interested in, in solving problems. Then communication, like communication is a very, very important soft skill. And, and because um, being honest about the solution you are proposing, being honest about understanding the problem that you are trying to solve, being honest about uh, or communicate it's something is not very um, has not been very understood so far or um, communicate that maybe there is a better solution than the one that we are thinking right now so that would be the next one um, and also this is this is interesting but a soft soft skill that 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 I consider super, super important in, in this type of team of, of, of teams is emotional intelligence. Um, you know, uh, emotional intelligence is, is described as the ability to understand and manage your own emotions, right? And, and working with data and working with artificial intelligence, you need to separate both things uh, because then it comes it comes bias or, or you have or maybe you you can you have like a background uh, related to that problem and and you start like combining emotions and combining you know my experience and it's so so emotional intelligence I think it's very very important not not just for my teams and the people that I work with but but soft skills considered. Uh, for governments when thinking about building AI teams or, or data teams, uh, people that can uh, be aware of their own emotions and recognize uh, their own emotions and recognize rec can recognize the moment that their own emotions are starting to influence the solution they are um, designing, you know. Mm. Um, so emotional intelligence and, and collaborations as, as, in ge as general, like... Uh, People need to to work in teams always to hmm. to actually understand a, a problem. I see. Well, thanks. Um, thanks. Uh, I would like to ask you briefly about um, your experience at Twitter. So you've worked at Twitter. Um, 
And and I would like to know about the U.S. public policy field. So um, mm-hmm. how does working at Twitter, how does this experience uh, impacted your approach to data and AI consulting in Mexico and globally? Okay, so yeah, Twitter was fun. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter was fun. Uh, the Twitter that I work with, you know, like the 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 ones that had another CEO. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm gonna tell more about that. But yeah, Twitter was very, very fun, and I was actually very proud to 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 be part of the team because I'm wow. I mean, I I never imagined to work at uh, at the Washington D.C office of Twitter uh, and working with with people around the world and super experienced and and it was it was very it was very enlightening for me in so many forms uh but first of all yes you you mentioned it before like you think that governments and 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 tech companies work very differently they're not they work the same like they have the same issues and the same communication problems and the same bureaucracy processes, bureaucratic processes, and they are all the same. I mean, maybe maybe tech companies or the private sector have more resources or, um, you know, maybe more skilled people working. And, and, and I'm, I'm not actually agreeing with that, but they are the same. I mean, all public or private institutions are made of people. Um, it's, it's not very different. Mm, and what I was looking for when I when I started to work at Twitter is that I I wanted to be part of of the team that you know like this multidisciplinary team because I when I work in in the government of of I, I mean when I work at the national digital digital strategy here in Mexico we were a very multidisciplinary team I mean we were working with people. Um, expert in public policy, expert in economics, uh, like graphic designers, um, uh, programmers, and we were work, working hand in hand, like trying to solve uh, the problem and trying to implement uh, innovative solutions for the, the Mexican government. So I was very used to work with with many kinds of people and, and people with different backgrounds, and and I thought that 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 is it, that was very common. Or that was like um, you know the rule in the private sector, but it's not. And and when I work when I started at Twitter, I wanted to know more about uh, how they manage data and how they you know design their algorithms and how how they they work with governments to do something related to AI. You know, I was very into data, like wanted to know more about data. Um, and then I, I started with this public policy and philanthropy team and realized that Twitter itself worked in silos. Like the engineers, the engineers, they work in San Francisco. The marketing team is in New York. Mm-hmm. You are uh, public policy and you, you need to be in Washington. And so it's very, very siloed in there. It's like, okay, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna work with data here. Like I'm part of the public policy team. And mm-hmm. my background is not technical, so uh, they won't consider me part of the engineering team. No, like um, um, never, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the 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 ones that were actually working with data, they were like very very far. Like they were in the, the other side of the country, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I will never meet them. 
and they were like the engineers and that's it. Uh, but we, I mean, that, that was the first thing that I understood that I understood what I, what I started to do. It's like, okay, it's okay. Maybe I'll, I'll do another things. I will learn more, um, another, another things here. Um, so we were the team, uh, in charge of, um, looking at the health of the conversation that was going on at the platform, you know, um, misinformation, disinformation, um, everything regarding, uh, for example, uh, pornography, um, um, everything that, that could, uh, be a potential harm to people mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the conversation. We were looking at that, uh, at that, you know, mm -hmm. like policies related to, to look at what you can do and what you can say and what you can do, uh, using, uh, social media. And mm -hmm. that was also, also obviously very related to not the legal part, but the ethical part as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I learned a lot, a lot, uh, uh, I was, um, we were, there's a good example as well related to, to, to emergencies because mm -hmm. when I was in Twitter, the pandemic started and started like, you know, in Asia and we, we launched this prompt, uh, when you enter Twitter and if you, if you were looking, if you type like coronavirus, you could get like a message. Uh, mm -hmm. that sends you to the official website in your country to look uh, to official information and real information about uh, how governments are were uh, addressing coronavirus. So if I was in Mexico and I type coronavirus, the prompt will send me to the official Mexican government website. So that was a very good application of, of technology for, for crisis, right? And using um, what you are what you have right now, what you have at that time, uh, for, for, for making good. So it, it was good. I mean, it was very tech related. It was not so data related, but it, but it gave me more tools to work with right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Super interesting to hear about the other side of like how the teams at Twitter are, are like not in the same place and, and how, how do um, how does your team in Washington approach uh, these kind of problems, and mm -hmm. even more in a time of pandemic? Uh, very interesting. So, so thanks for sharing. Um, and uh, so regarding so so this is your time at Twitter. Um, and uh, but uh, I would like to ask you briefly uh, about datamorphosis now. Uh, I would like to know about what led you to datamorphosis and how do you construct a narrative to, to sell services um, of datamorphosis to potential clients? Um, and, and like how datamorphosis is different? This is a three question in one kind of, but like, um, uh, yeah, I would like to ask you about the three questions at the same time, if that's not too much to ask. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's okay. Um, Okay, so data morphosis. First of all, it's it's obviously it's it's a compound of words like data and metamorphosis, um, and I would start with that because, uh, you know, I was looking at at, at the metamorphosis concept uh, in 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 Google and and it's like okay, what is 
what's what's metamorphosis like we automatic we automatically think about um, um, a butterfly right like how mm-hmm. a butterfly becomes becomes a butterfly um, and and I was reading that it's a process it's a process that some animals like in in nature some 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 species they reach to a point or they get to a point in which uh, evolve is not an option for them. And it is, this is very, very, like, uh, it opened my mind. Like, um, they, they start living and then at what point in their lives, it's like, okay, I need to transform. This is not an option. It's, it's the time. And, and they start transform, transforming this, themselves. And metamorphosis in, in nature is a process uh, and it changes you or change the, the, the animal in shape, in front, in functions. It's like a whole transformation uh, mm-hmm. for an animal. Um, and and when I was thinking about when I think about governments, I think them as as not as systems, like a, like a, a living system, because it is comprised comprised of people. In fact, public institutions are comprised comprised of of people and persons that are. Um, continuously evolving and and continuously learning and growing. So um, for me, public institutions, they reach that point or they are reaching it right now or or they are at that point in which evolving is not not an option. Like government needs to transform themselves right now. And and if they don't, they will die. Like they they will definitely be... um, Part of the past, and I mean, it's 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 a natural thing for governments to evolve right now using data and using technology. So that that's like uh, what the name uh, data morphosis comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so based on that, uh, the the next thing is that I wanted to do things differently with data uh, okay. because I was I've been part. Of, of many governments here in Mexico. And I know that things that that things can be done differently. Like I've seen it and I've witnessed that. And, and I know that governments usually spend a lot of time in bureaucratic processes in, you know, like, hey, I'm, I need to write that memo or um, they, you, you usually waste a lot of time and and people within governments, they are afraid to propose and they are afraid to innovate and afraid to ask and af- afraid because they, I mean, it's obvious, people in government, they, they don't want to do nothing that they are not supposed to. And when working with, with data and technology, you need to be, um, you know, um, brave and you need to be uh, and think out of the box. And thinking out of the box is not very... Um, I don't know, easy or uh, it's it's complicated, you know. Uh, but but governments can work differently and can actually start working with data very in a very easy form. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a Google Sheet, I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can take better decisions uh, using a Google Sheet, right? You you don't need like an AI solution. So um, I, yes, I I wanted to I wanted to form a team that assess governments and and not only not only doing consulting projects and hey I don't care anymore and and I, I here's my report and and, and goodbye but uh, to um, 
go hand in hand in, with governments in their own uh, data transformation, you know, in their own metamorphosis, or in this case, in their own uh, transformation with data, uh, mm -hmm. going uh, from zero to, to 100, like from end to end to end, like where do you need to start? What, what, what resources you have right now? Uh, what's your workforce? What's, what are the skills that, uh, of your teams? What data you have? What technology you have? What type of problems you are trying to, um, to solve right now? And, and construct or build that intelligence with them so they can, at what point, uh, finalize their, tram their transformation and then be able to, to take or to be intelligent um, to make better public policies or uh, make more efficient programs or actually creating value in society and, and um, yeah, that. <laughs> so it's a lot of things, but, but it's actually related to that. It's like, I want to, I want to be uh, the one who, who, who helps government in, in using, using uh, data in a better way uh, with simple tools and simple processes and simple methodologies. Hmm, makes sense. Very clear. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, so I see that uh, we're almost around an hour of uh, recording. So I, I would have three uh, little more questions uh, for you, if that's okay. Um, the first one being, um, and you mentioned it a little bit before, but would you have any advice to people who are aspire, aspire, like um, aspiring data intelligence consultants or people who are interested in the career path that you had? Would you have some qualities or, or tips, like how to learn, how to consi consistently learn, where to learn, what to follow, what to read? Like, do you have some tips like that for, for those people? Um, wow. So I would refer to the international community and, and maybe organizations that are uh, like international organizations that are interested or are, that are uh, constructing um, guidelines for for governments. Um, mm. I, um, the first thing is like UNESCO um, uh, from the UN and they, their ethics framework that they just released like a couple of years ago. I can share uh, some links for you. Uh, but look at at, at these um, at these institutions that are uh, understanding what to do and what not to do and creating like ethics canvas or ethics framework for, for governments or to people or people or institutions working with um, reducing bias or, uh, you know, this, there is a movement, there is a movement related to uh, feminism and, 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 you know, like, um, all these gender topics written and AI and all of that because um, there's a lot of information and, and there's a lot of, of resources on how to develop an algorithm or, you know, for the technical part. Mm -hmm. And we need to start looking to the social part, like what are the, 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 the limitations or the challenges or or the potential harms that we that that AI uh, can come from, and, and I don't want to sound uh, very pessimistic, but 
we need to start looking AI from the social, uh, you know, from a social lens because at the end it would it'll, it will impact uh, people somehow. So I will. I, I mean, I don't have a, a specific source or, or recommendation or not that I'm I can think of right now. But more more, um, I don't know, like podcasts or like I mean, like yours um, or um, you know, like. Um, um blogs right there that that talks about uh the other thing related to AI, the, the one that is not related to 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 technology but the one that is related to to people hmm. well thanks thanks for uh, those mm -hmm. tips and um and so the second question uh, uh before asking you if you have a message for the let's okay community the second is if people want to know more about you wants to follow your work and and maybe contact you in some way where where should they reach out is it linkedin is it a mail or is it a website yeah yeah uh, our website is data datamorphosis.mx Uh, you can find us on social media as well. At Twitter, I'm um, my my handle is at Andrea B Q U E. You can I can hear. Ah, I will. I will put it in the uh, description. Okay, no perfect. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Twitter. At Twitter, you can find Datamorphosis as well at Datamorphosis MX. Uh, so yeah, we're we're in in social media. Um, I'm in LinkedIn. So yeah, everyone can reach out over there. Awesome, thanks. And last question, and I want to thank you a lot for coming on the podcast and sharing about all your experience and all those very important topics that are less on the technical side, but um, those topics are truly what makes data and AI super important nowadays. And, and we need to really take into account what are the impacts of what is going on and we were discussing before recording about how crazy it have been lately with all the new models going out and all the new possibilities like next years are going to be wild in terms of ai and ai regulation is one of the biggest thing right now i feel personally uh, to look at because because the growth uh, i feel like the growth have never been that fast in technology and so This at some point needs to be regulated and governments and people who are implementing laws around it need to be very aware of what's going on. And it's great to have people who can build things, but it's very important to understand to have people that understand what can be built and how to prevent mm -hmm. harm from people who can really see the dangers in those new technologies. So again, like you said, I'm not pessimist. I'm just saying... It is an important thing to do, but I'm super excited about AI and, and it's a tool in the end, like you said, it's not something bad or something good. We just need to um, do the right things in the right time so that we can prevent um, and maximize um, mm -hmm. the like doing less harm in the world. Um, right. So thanks so much. And my last question is basically, do you have a final message for the Let's Talk AI audience? Uh, and for me, do you have a last message that you would like to share with us? Um, so I would say there's there's this quote that says like use technology wise and 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 that's part of 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 being intelligent as well. It's like okay, if you are going to use technology or if you are going to use data or or AI or any anything any 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 kind of tool, uh, just be wise about that 
and and remember that that um, the impact will be uh, on on people, and we are all we are all trying to do best uh, with what we can and what we have. Uh, so I don't know, just just being wise on on the solutions we proposed and and uh, being wise on the tools we use uh, for making those solutions. So that that would be it. And and like data, don't forget about data. <laughs> it's it's something that I that I tell governments um, all of the times. Like you are like you are already in the hype of AI, uh, but don't don't forget about data because you will need it. At, at, you will need it. You still need data. So don't forget that before AI there is data. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Andrea, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to learn from you. I look forward to learn more about you on your socials. I'll put every link in the description. And I wish you to have a wonderful day. No, thank you. Thanks as well. Thanks for the invitation. Congrats, you've made it to the end. I hope you had a great time and that you learned a few things. To learn more about AI, you can subscribe to my newsletter or check the blog. And to support the podcast, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also share it with two friends, colleagues or family members that might be interested. I wish you to have a wonderful day. Bye.